Hey, teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Hey teachers, I am so happy to have you here for another episode today. It's a rainy and dreary day in Germany as I prep the content for this podcast you're listening to. And rain is absolutely my favorite kind of weather and part of the reason I love this little town that we live in because it pretty much rains all through fall, a lot of spring. But I hope today, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this, that you're finding the little things to be grateful and joyful over, even if it is just the rain falling on your rooftop while the dogs are snoozing at your feet. Today, we're going to be talking about organizing the classroom library, which is a super critical piece of the elementary classroom. But first, I want to remind you about the free training I'm hosting this Thursday, May 14th. If you're listening to this when this goes live on May 12th, 2020, then this Thursday, May 14th, I'm hosting a live training on getting your classroom organized while you pack up. You can head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash packup to sign up for the training and get the downloadable checklist for packing up your classroom. If it's May 15th when you're listening to this or sometime way in the distant future, no worries. You can still head to that same link, the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash packup to get the downloadable checklist. And then the video training will be linked in that checklist for you to be able to watch. It won't be live, but it's still going to be full of great content to help you out. You can also head back to last week's episode, number 69, to hear about the importance of packing up your classroom. But for now, let's get to this week's topic of classroom libraries. The classroom library is one of the key parts of the classroom. As Debbie Diller would say, this should be one of the main focal points in your classroom and something that the kids see as soon as they walk through the door. And I agree with that, unless, of course, it's a total mess. So today we're going to talk about how to get it organized. An organized classroom library makes it easy for the students to access, pleasing to the eye, and ultimately It entices your little readers to devour books on books on books, which is what we want, right? We're going to go through four steps today, and they're all going to be linked in the show notes. Step one, first, we're going to talk about filling your library. Step two is getting your organization in place. Step three is going to focus on creating that welcoming and cozy library. And then we're going to wrap it up with step four, how to maintain the organization that you worked so hard on. First and foremost, the classroom library should be full of books of all levels, races, genres, languages, abilities, all of it. If you want a good resource for finding diverse book recommendations for your elementary classroom library, then look at Vera at Diverse Reads on Instagram. She's got a ton of great recommendations, and she also links to other people you can follow that also share diverse books for you to check out. But of course, before you can start actually creating the library, you're going to need some books. So Teachers in the U.S., half-price books is always my first recommendation when it comes to filling up that classroom library. They're going to give you boxes of books if you go in there and say you're a teacher, or especially if you go in and say you're a first-year teacher. They gave me four boxes during my first year. I had to weed through them to pick out the ones I wanted, and there were some that you know were not from my level or just I didn't want, but it was way better than going out and buying a bunch of books. And I also almost got the entire Harry Potter series for entirely free. Garage sales and online sales are also a good place to snag up a bunch of books for a really cheap price. And if you know of any teachers that are leaving or retiring, you can 
see if they will give you the books or, you know, let you buy them, you know, their whole classroom library for 20 bucks. No one should hoard books in their garage. I'm talking to you teachers that are retiring and for some reason listening to this podcast. No teachers should hoard hundreds of books in their garage for the sake of just in case, because that's not very organized. Take those books off of the hands of teachers who are hoarding them. Do them a favor. Do yourself a favor. It's hard to get rid of books. I got rid of my whole classroom library when I moved abroad, but I was able to give them to teachers who are making use of them now instead of them sitting in my house waiting until I return and potentially return to the classroom. The first thing you're going to do when you get your big collection of books is to organize them into sections. You can start with a general fiction and nonfiction piles to get a sense of which topics you have in your pile. As a new teacher, taking the time to do this really helped me get familiar with my books, how to organize them and to know what books I had for future read alouds. But as a teacher who's maybe a little bit more experienced or has been teaching for a few years and already has the understanding of what books you have in your library under your belt, and you're just wanting to organize your library, then I think also allowing your students to help you organize the classroom library is a really, really good experience for them. Let's move on to step two, how to organize the library. So once you get your books organized into their general sections, you need to organize them within the library. And I recommend, if you're a new teacher, doing this before you even get your classroom library physically set up. As a first year teacher, I did all of this at home over the summer because that's where my books were till they went to school with me. Typically, teachers get so excited about setting up a classroom or reorganizing it that they jump to all the superficial stuff like the decorating, the laying out of the furniture and all those things. But we need to slow down and really think through what we want to accomplish before we jump into the more fun part of creating a cozy library. And that's what we're doing in this step. So there's a few different ways you can organize your library. I love Jillian Starr's podcast episode on this, and I'll link to it in the show notes. But she talks about the different ways and how she ultimately decided in organizing her classroom library. But I recommend you looking through your books first and deciding what you want the purpose of your library to be first. Is it just going to be a place for them to check out books? Or do you want it to be more of a retreat that students go to when they want to read or when they need a little break away from the all this stuff going on in the classroom. You can choose to organize your library in a few different ways. Probably the most popular is by topic. You can organize books by levels. And I've even seen teachers say, screw the boxes, screw the bins. And then, you know, of course, save some money and set up their libraries like a real library, which is also a really valid way to get your kids used to checking out books. So first is organized by topic. And this is how I organized my classroom library. When looking through my books, I separated them into different topics. Also, for visual understanding, in my classroom, I had two, what I'm going to call big bookshelves. They were still only three shelves, but they were, I guess, wider. I had two of those, and then I had one of the smaller ones, you know, that you get at like Walmart or Target that you put together. Those two big ones, they held all of my picture books, which is, as a second and third grade teacher, I had a lot of picture books. One of the bookshelves was for all my fiction books, and the other was for all my nonfiction books. And then within each of those bookshelves, I had smaller categories like animals, jobs, history, etc. The third bookshelf, though, that I said, the smaller one that I think I got from Walmart or Target, that is where I held all my chapter books, and I organized those by author last name. The other way, the second way, is you can organize by level. There is also a valid argument for organizing your classroom library by leveled books. It takes a bit more setup time because you have to actually look at each book, figure out what level it is. That takes a lot of time. All through my teaching years, I had a lot of people encouraging me to do this. I shouldn't say a lot of people. I had people encouraging me to do this so I could ensure that books, that the kids were getting the books that were on their level. 
if that is what works for you in your classroom, then go for it. It just didn't sit well with me. So instead, I decided to handle that issue of making sure kids were getting books on their level by allowing students three books from the classroom library. Those were totally their choice. It didn't matter what level they were, their picks. And then the other books in their book bags, usually anywhere from one to three books, those were from our guided reading time and those were leveled to their needs. And then the third way that you can organize your classroom is by the Dewey Decimal System or at least by alphabetical order. I recommend this maybe for the older kids, fourth, fifth, sixth, middle school, high school grades, or whenever you're organizing your chapter books, which like I said, is what I did with the smaller bookshelf housing all of my chapter books. All right, guys, I want to take just a quick second to tell you about a company that I am loving. This is going to be for all the ladies listening into the podcast today. I want to tell you about Core, which is a feminine product company that I have used for the past couple of years, and I love them. They make goods for the body that are not only good for your body, but they're also good for the world. They offer organic tampons, pads, liners, body cloths, bladder liners, and cups that are made with the purest ingredients. They're free of harmful toxins. I try to be really mindful of what I put in my body, and feminine care products is something that I want to make sure I'm using the best possible products available. I love the core products so much that before we moved, I ordered a year's subscription of tampons. Yes, that's 12 months of tampons that I ordered that took up valuable moving space, which we did not have a lot of moving space when we moved over here, so that I could have them with me here in Germany. I've also had my mom smuggle them to me when she visited last summer because I love these tampons so much, and unfortunately, they don't do international delivery at this time, but it's worth it to me to ship them to my mom, have her bring them over to me, or mail them to me on her own. I not only love the product itself, but I love this company as a whole. With every core purchase, they give pads and health education to a girl in need. And any kind of give back model company, sign me up for it. I love knowing that the items I'm purchasing for myself are not only good for me, but they're also going to be good for the world. But here's the other great part. You can create a custom subscription based on your body's needs. You place your order, you set up your delivery frequency, and then you get great feminine products straight to your doorstep each month. You can get all the info plus 15% off your first order by heading to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash Cora to check out the products that you need and to get signed up for your first order. All right, guys, back to the show. All right, so now you've got your classroom library organized. It's time to get it cozy and make it welcoming, which this is the fun part. As I mentioned at the beginning, the classroom library needs to be a focal point and a place that the kids want to come. And I do this by making it visually appealing to the eye. When I walk into a teacher's classroom and I see books thrown in boxes, different color boxes, different size boxes, it is overwhelming, it's uninviting, and it's cluttered to the eye. I recommend using baskets or bins that are the same color and the same general size. I talk about baskets and bins a lot on the blog and the podcast, and I always encourage you, if it is a basket or a bin that's going in a cabinet that nobody's ever going to see except for you or when the cabinet opens, who cares? The boxes don't have to match. Use Amazon Prime boxes for all I care. But when it comes to organizing materials that are out for all to see, I think it is worth the money to buy baskets or bins that match. And I've linked the baskets and bins that I recommend in this week's show notes if you want to check them out. Also, my favorite word of 2019 was the word Huga, which is, I'm pulling this from the internet, a quality of coziness and comfortable convivality. I don't know that word. <laughs> uh, I don't know that word. That engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being. 
So this word Huga, I learned about it on my trip to Denmark. Well, I knew about it, but I like really dove into it whenever we were preparing to go to Denmark last year. And I loved the word so much that I devoted a whole podcast episode to it. So if you check out episode number 63, you'll get some fun ways to make your classroom or even just your library feel a little bit more Huga and cozy. Another thing teachers often do, and I did this too, was to create a library nook in the classroom, which I love that. I, I love the idea of like going in this little corner in the classroom, getting a blanket, cozying up. If you look at this week's show notes, you can check out an epic iPhone 4 photo circa 2012 with all of the fuzziness that one can imagine to see what my classroom library looked like. And I had it set up like this. But it took up too much space and Debbie Diller's voice just kept ringing in my ear. Everything up against a wall, everything up against a wall. And I definitely agree with her on that point. So once I moved my library up against the wall, I took the nook out and pushed everything up against the wall. I really felt my classroom open up. So if you're feeling like your classroom is really cramped and tight, try pushing things to walls and not making little nooks. However, if you are going to have items in your classroom that do protrude from the wall, I do think the library is the one place that you can create little nook a little nook, but don't be making nooks all around your classroom because that's going to make it feel more tight and claustrophobic. I also love the idea of adding to your cozy library of setting up featured books in your library. So either on top of the bookshelves or just somewhere else that you can feature books that either kids are recommending or that you are reading as a class during that time or go with the theme of things that you're talking about. I think that's a really fun way to get kids engaged in books that they may not choose on their own. The classroom library is often It's one of the most favorite parts of a classroom. So spend time here getting it organized and set up in a way that your kids and you are even going to enjoy. All right, so now let's move on to step number four, maintaining classroom library organization, which I think is probably where a lot of y'all are sitting right now. You've got the classroom library set up, but how do I keep it organized? I hope I can provide some helpful insight for you, but I don't know. Let's see. So no matter how hard you work to create an effective way to turn in books, organize books, keep them in the right category, it's not going to be kid-proof. It's inevitable that you're going to find a nonfiction book about lions in the poetry section. I have tried different methods of keeping books organized. I've tried giving students clips with their numbers on it to clip multiple clips to clip onto each bin that they took a book out of. I tried scanning my entire classroom library into an online system so that kids can check books in and out. I've had teacher friends who tried using the color dots that they put on back of books and then you put them the color on the bin so that way kids know, you know, oh, this is a pink book. This goes in the pink bin. Other teachers have tried putting those little, you know, like if you went to school in the 80s and they had those envelope things where you, I don't even know, I, I didn't even use this, but do you know what I'm talking about? The thing in the front of the book where you slip the paper in and you like write your name down, whoever checks out the book. I've had teachers I know do that. And here's where I'm saying, I don't know if I have an answer for you because I think all of those ideas are a waste of time. (laughs) At the end of the day, the kids are going to put back the books wherever their little hearts desire. That's why I think involving them in the organization process is so key and so beneficial because when they understand why the books go where they go, then they know where to put them versus, oh, the pink just goes in the pink. There's no real understanding there. So the best way that I found to keep the classroom library organized was through my classroom jobs. One of my classroom jobs was the librarian and his or her job at the end of each day was to check quickly through the library, make sure that most of the books were in the correct bins, fix them up if they needed to, and just make sure that it in general looked nice and clean at the end of the day. 
So I know that may not be very helpful. I hope you weren't coming to this episode thinking like, oh, Kelly is going to give us the final, like the best way to keep that classroom library organized. I don't have it. I don't think any teacher has it. I think we can try all these systems that we want. But when I think about how much time I wasted on scanning every single book into my library, like what a waste of time and what more beneficial things could I've been doing with that time? Like, I mean, of course, this was off school hours, but what other things could I have been doing? What engaging lessons could I have been planning? What self-care could I have been doing taking care of myself instead of scanning all these library books in that I used for about three weeks and then said, screw it, because it really just did not work for me and my kiddos. So that's it. Those are some simple things you can do to get and keep your classroom library organized. If you want to join the free Facebook community where we talk about the different areas each week that we're organizing, then head to Facebook and search the Simply Organized Teacher Community and you can join us. And you can join in on this conversation, this week's conversation of getting your library organized. You can check out past conversations on guided reading, packing up, and then of course all the rest that are still to come. Don't forget to sign up for the free training that I'm hosting this Thursday, May 14th, the classroom packup training. It's going to go over all the things that you need to remember as you pack up this school year. Plus, there's going to be a time for questions where you can ask questions specific to your classroom, your needs, and even related to, if you're listening to this live, packing up a classroom in the middle of a global pandemic. Please, if you have a second, head to iTunes to leave a rating and a review for Simply Teach. I would really appreciate it. It helps other teachers find the podcast. And I'm so grateful for each of you who take the time to do that. I will see you back here next week as we talk about how to organize your math and reading stations. Until then, stay healthy and stay safe. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and access to the Simply Organized Teacher email list is all over my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram at thesimplyorganizedteacher. Guys, I want to be your social media friend. I want to interact with you, so come find me. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com. 